Hi, gang. This is Ed Bell, known to you all as Bob Rooney, inviting you to listen to the Married with Children podcast. Don't miss it. Gee, who would have thought tricking your husband into falling in love with a stripper would be bad for your marriage? <laughs> you think Al's falling in love with her? Yep. Better watch out or they might run away together. <laughs> Over my dead body? <laughs> oh, my God. That bitch Jasmine is ruining my marriage. Peggy, that bitch is you. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. Welcome back, Married with Children fans. This is Steven, and I say lower the bimbo and let everybody limbo. <laughs> and I'm Tyler, and I just made $240 last night podcasting. And a watch. And I'm Stefan, and I gotta go. I have to paint my boobs for Easter. Uh, that's a little bit too much information, I think. <laughs> Yes, we are here to review Season 11, Episode 17, Live Nude Head. It first aired on March 10th, 1997. I turned 30 that day. Written by Matthew Berry and Eric Adams and directed by Amanda Pierce. Guest starring Harold Sylvester as Griff, E.E. Bell as Bob Rooney, Tom McClyster as Ike, Dan Tullis as Officer Dan, Iqbal Tiba, who is the nudie bar owner, Gloria LaRue as Chesty, or Gloria LaRoy as Chesty LaRue, Carmen Morel as Shaney, and Vanessa Dorian as Stripper One. Monday, Peg Bundy's going undercover at a strip joint. I'm a married man. Well, I don't care. <laughs> Neither do I. Married with children. Okay, and to get this gripe out of the way, um, because our other teams aren't following this, and I did a lot of research into this. And it is very evident that Fox is trying to kill the show. I mean, I mentioned it in the season premiere that uh, not only did they change the format, that they changed the time slot. It went from Sunday nights at eight, uh, 9 o'clock, 8 central, to Saturday nights at 9 o'clock, 8 central. And it was there for only three episodes. Only three episodes. And that was Twisted, Children of the Corns, and Kelly's Gotta Have It. And then... Mary with Children disappeared for about a month. And when it returned, it had a new time slot, which was back on Sunday nights. And it went back to uh, uh, 7.30 p.m. Think about Now, that's 6.30 p.m. Central. So that's a pretty early time for people to be able to catch that. And then that lasted until the end of the year. So what you have what had during that time was recommend for a Chevy Waits Part 1 and 2. You had a Bundy Thanksgiving. The Jugs have left the building. God help you, Mary Bundyman, and Crimes Against Obesity. You know, there are some good episodes in there, but, you know, the time slot keeps changing. And then when you get to the start of the year, when we get to the Stepford Peg, it changes again to Monday nights at 9.30 p.m., 8.30 Central. And that went on for 
you know, just a month. Just a month. That was the Stepford Peg, but on the side, Grime and Punishment, and Trash. And then when we come back to it in uh, February, so there's a month off again, a month off, and the time slot changed again to Monday nights at 9 p.m. 8 central. Sure, it's the same night, but they move it up. And I invited my friend Alan Stair, who does the WKRP cast on Abundant Thanksgiving. And WKRP in Cincinnati was going through the same crap that Mary Wichon was going through during its final fourth season. Sadly, there were a lot of good episodes in uh, the fourth season of WKRP in Cincinnati, but it started out one night, I forget what it was, and then it switched to Wednesdays, and it was gone for a month, and then they tried it again on Wednesdays at a different time. And you can see Mary Wachona's going through the same thing. Now, I will admit, I do think uh, the fourth season of WKRP was stronger than Mary with Children's 11th season. Usually the best stuff is the earlier stuff that most people care about. But still, if your audience can't find it, they're going to give up. And I think this was a real slap in the face to the um, cast and crew that helped put on Married with Children because this is the show, one of, or one of a few shows, that put Fox on the map. So it was a very ignoble, very dirty, crappy way to treat one of their flagship shows. But enough bitching on my part. Let's get to the title. So the title is a pun on the 1995 film Live New Girls. It was a movie starring Dana Delaney and Kim Cattrall, Layla Robbins, Laura Zane, and Cynthia Stevenson. So basically, uh, Georgina throws a sleepover party for her friend Jamie. And now it's a success. Uh, now that's a successful actress on the night of uh, Jamie's fiance's bachelor party. Jill, Jamie, Marcy, Rachel, and Georgina have been friends since childhood. And as the evening progresses, they talk about a variety of topics. Now, Georgina's heterosexual fantasies and her uncertainties about Chris, her live-in lover, Jamie's doubts and insecurities about marriage, and all of their attitudes towards sex and sexual fantasies. So not only the title, but the topic of the parody of the title uh, goes well with uh, this episode. Yeah, did you guys ever see Live Nude Girls? Uh, no, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Live Nude Girls, that is, but... <laughs> <laughs> you mean the movie. We're talking about the movie. <laughs> oh, the movie. Probably not. Sounds yeah, no, like the movie. <laughs> yes, yes, you, you, you pervert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never no. even heard of it. Me neither. But you know what? When I heard when I read the notes and I was like, live nude girls, this sounds like a movie I've actually heard of. So I looked it up and I don't think I've ever seen it, but I've definitely seen like people referencing it. So, I mean, I guess you got a title like live nude girls. You can turn it into anything. So like live nude peg. <laughs> that seems logical to me. We start out with the no man members in their favorite place, the Jiggly Room. Everybody limbo! How low can you go? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
boys, I'm playing to lose. Stop the music! I have good news, no mammals. This Tuesday will be amateur night at the Jiggly Room. Cool. Kind of like open pole night. <laughs> A hooter coming out party. <laughs> hey, Iqbal, that's just one of your schemes to make money. Remember the time he tried to make us pay a cover charge, then an uncover charge? <laughs> Too bad you're such negative nets. I was just going to ask if you'd judge the contest. Hey! <laughs> you know, Iqbal, for a guy with an 18-drink minimum, you're all right. <laughs> And the uh, very famous Iqbal. <laughs> yeah, who has an 18-drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, that's my house, guys. Like, And Iqbal is played by Iqbal Tiba, or Chiba, I think is how it's pronounced. This is his fourth appearance as Iqbal, the owner of the Jiggly Room. He was also in episode 10 or season 10, episode 21, turning Japanese. Before that, he was in episode, uh, season 10, episode 18, The Agony Extra C. And his first appearance was in season nine, episode 14, The Naked and the Dead of Mostly the Naked. So yeah, he was a recurring cast member. And actually, this name, the actor Iqbal Tiba, Iqbal, is a name for the Arabic meaning good fortune and prosperity. But this is also the Punjabi meaning of power, force, and one who is strong. Ah, and here we go. It's it's Teba is how it's pronounced. Teba. And here's the interesting, really interesting thing. The nudie bar owner has been depicted as a foreigner from conservative religious communities, and they would be prohibited from owning and operating an establishment like that in their home <laughs> countries. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. And there's another layer on it, too, that I just thought of right before we started recording. The fact that it's Iqbal, an Arabic uh, gentleman, kind of gives a little credence to why no one, and even including me, was upset about uh Peg or Katie Seagal, a non-Arabic woman playing this like, uh, you know, Arabic princess kind of belly dancer, which nowadays that would be kind of frowned upon. And I kind of do cringe when I see that even in older stuff. But the fact that it was Iqbal, like, you know, <laughs> announcing her kind of, I don't know. I want to believe the writer's room thought about that stuff, you know? Well, anything for the mighty dollar. That too. Yeah. But hey, you know what? I'll take what I can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when the dollar isn't so almighty right now. <laughs> so we find out that uh, in this cold opening that the uh, nudie bar, the jiggly room, is going to have amateur night. And apparently Griff and Al are going to be judges. I think, isn't Jefferson supposed to be a judge too? Can I, can I just say, yeah, I don't like the cold openings on this show. Same. Yeah, I'm not. And generally, you know, funny that it's the last season because cold openings seem to be a sign that your show's not going to last too much longer, at least for sitcoms. You ever notice that? You've got an anime level opening for your show. Love and Marriage, signed by Frank Sinatra. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, let me marinate that in that for a little bit. It's perfect. Right. 
you know, and I agree too. I, it's unanimous. However, I will give this cold opening as one of the better ones of this year because one, it's really quick. And secondly, it pertains to the plot, you know, and leads us right into it. Because you might remember um, when we were viewing T Twisted, you know, that seemed disjointed. It, the cold opening didn't seem to belong mm -hmm. to it. Mm, but but you know what? When we talked about that, Stephen, I kind of got the idea that it's if you're gonna do a cold opening, which I don't think you should, me neither. Make it something that's not part of it because now I'm invested, and now you're gonna cut to the theme, which I already know what I'm watching. I thought the same thing about Stranger Things when I was watching it today, where I was getting like into the episode. I'm like, oh man. And then I gotta, I have to like sit through the uh, opening of the show that I already know I'm watching. I don't know. It, it, it bugs me. Well, it's kind of like what you and I were talking about when we were looking at um, uh, Kelly's got a habit, you know, we refer to how you can just skip the uh, introductions and the theme shows and the streaming stuff now. And that kind of takes away from it when you do have a good theme music like Mary with Children does. And you, uh, I remember you didn't, uh, you weren't able to attend our uh, season 10 wrap up show. And Annabelle and I had a discussion on that because one of our favorites was uh, Third Rock from the Sun. And I can't remember if it was the third or fourth season when they changed their theme music a little bit. And fourth season, yeah. And then in the fifth and sixth season, they went back to their original because the fans liked the original better. So it's great. Yeah. I was always able to like go and go to the bathroom in between those like theme songs when I was binging it on DVDs. They serve a purpose then and now. Yeah. But then we go into, <clears throat> excuse me, our first scene with Kelly and Bud. And this B-plot that's <laughs> going on. Forget it, bud. <laughs> there is no way that I am going to be the before girl for a diet ad. <laughs> Kelly, you look great in the aftershots. What's the big deal? The big deal is that I have to gain 30 pounds in one week. I mean, that, that's, like, that's like a pound a day. <laughs> it's not possible. Yes, it is, Kelly. Grandma Wanker gains that much every time we go to Sizzler. Well, if the camera adds 10 pounds, why can't they just use three cameras? Kelly, listen. Lots of famous actors gain weight for their parts, okay? Robert De Niro, uh, Tom Hanks, and you know uh, Free Willy? He used to be Flipper. He sure let himself go. No, it's I, a B I, plot. I give it an F personally. <laughs> All right. You guys are way too harsh. Every, okay. So it's been discourse on several group chats that this is like the lowest B plot ever. I thought you which, said that in our mess in our message stream. I thought it was you said that, Tyler. No, no, I that was, was me. That was oh, me. Okay, okay, never mind. No, and I remember, I remember looking at it and be like, make a note for how I'm going to infer myself into this because I don't think this is low. When you got a really strong a plot, which this episode does, you don't want to overshadow it, and so you need like something very simple 
easy to follow that may go nowhere, but even if it does, it doesn't effing matter. And this, and guess what? It involves the other two main characters of the show. So I was fine with this. It made me giggle every time it came back to it. Well, you know, it was actually in the show notes. I didn't make the show notes. It was either Annabelle or Luigi who put yes. that comment in there. And I thought to myself, yes, I totally agree. I thought I did not like that B plot. I like it better when you, if you're going to have a B plot, make them converge and meet together to help each other out. Exactly. And and it, in like assuming they meet together, to me, that's the sign of good writing on a sitcom or any any show really with multiple plots going at once. Yeah, they need to lead to the same ending instead of diverging to their own paths. I agree with you guys. Nine out of ten, nine out of ten, I would agree with you. But since this is a Alan Peg be horny episode, I don't want it to involve the children. I don't. It can't involve the Darcys, and it kind of need one i can totally see them being like forced to have a b plot it's just it was just the formula of the time and the simpsons were doing it and it was gaining a lot of track around this time so i can totally see fox saying hey the simpsons are doing it they're getting good ratings you do it too dang it and they are like all right well we don't we can't really rope any other plot in with this so let's just have it a kooky fun kelly and bud dynamic that's going on you know, actually, I think it was Seinfeld that was really king, were, were the kings of developing a B and C plots sometimes. Sometimes a oh, C and plot. D and E plots, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this B plot is crazy because, well, Kelly has to do what? Kelly's got to get big. Basically, Bud is... Uh... All right, so basically, Bud is a foodie, and he is... He is uh, taking it upon himself to get Kelly to be a little piggy, which he will do. Uh, yeah, uh, 30 pounds, which comes out to a pound a day or a pound a day, 30 pounds in a week, which is a pound a day, according to Kelly. But you know what, Kelly? White girl, like white people problems. Like I could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> it, it's not insane. Like, come on, girl. Like, and you don't even have to eat a bowl of Crisco. Oh. No. <laughs> what did like, uh, we haven't gotten um, to that part yet, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, like, um, uh, there, there's something that's grosser. Actually, I have, I have one that's, that's more gross. Uh, we'll, we'll wait till we get to the Crisco. Never mind. But she should have done what, um, uh Charlize Theron did for Monster when she played Eileen Warnos. She did like Krispy Kreme donuts and put cheese on everything she wanted. Oh, I was gonna say Christian Bale when he played um uh McCain. I mean not McCain, um Cheney. Yeah. Christian Bale when he played Cheney. He gained like oh, yeah. sixty pounds for that role in like a month. I don't think it was a month, but yeah, he did gain the weight. Because gaining and- yeah, sixty a month would be medically unsafe. And the, the, the one that I'm going to reference actually did that, and it was it did cause medical problems. And um, how Bud mentioned Tom Hanks, mm. uh, Tom Hanks since uh, I believe about ten years ago said he would never 
gain weight for a role again because it gave him a type two diabetes yo-yoing up and down all the time for roles. Yeah. No. That's why it's really dangerous. Like I said, it's you Ooh, can't do that. And let me guess, it was I'm not even looking at looking at our notes. Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, to, to right? lose. Yeah, not to gain. But yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I and for right. All right. do you know what Robert De Niro was? What role? Oh, I have no idea. Well, you see, yeah, but you have to remember also when Robert De Niro was doing that, one, he was a lot younger, and two, he was getting muscle is what yes. he said. He gained muscle and lost fat. That's a healthy type. But if mm-hmm. you're, you know, saddling up the, the, uh, the calories just to gain a pop belly, that's what's dangerous. Of course, Brent. Yeah. Of course, like what, Brent. And didn't like John Travolta for a role gained a bunch of weight. And he, he did like pan. He just ate pancakes all day. I think I heard. Uh, was it, um, sh- Ooh, was it hairspray? No, no. It was like the nine. It might've been Michael. It was oh. the nineties. It might've been that. Ooh, you're right. Maybe. Michael. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Anyway, actors don't do that. We have fat suits for a reason. Exactly. And we have corsets, and we have corsets for a reason. Don't Renee Zellweger for the third Bridget Jones said, I'm not gaining weight again. I'm doing a fat suit. It might have been Renee Zellweger that did the Krispy Kreme, but whatever. Because she gained weight, too, for both the first two. You know, and look, it was special effects that made uh, uh, Hemsworth fat for uh, Fat Thor in uh, right. Avengers Endgame. Uh, can't wait. wait to see this new one when he loses all Which, by the way, wait, I was wait, supposed wait, wait, to see wait, wait, tonight, wait. and I'm here with y'all, so you're welcome. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, wait, it doesn't come out till uh, the early sc- Early screenings. Oh, early screens. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Hey, listeners, guess what? Give uh, give Stefan a big round of applause. <laughs> you, this is worth more than a Marvel film. Well, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, he hasn't seen it yet, so he really can't determine. It's kind of like... Uh, uh, don't jinx it. Yeah, it's kind of like thinking... To my, I remember when I went to go see Battlefield Earth. I could have done that. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stefan, Stefan, Stefan. It could have been the greatest night of your life. And you're wasting it here with us losers. So, <laughs> and real quick, I have to mention this. You know, yes, it's dangerous for actors to gain that much weight, but it's not hazardous for Peg's mom. Because uh-huh. she remember, does that on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. She has 10 pounds every day when she goes to the sizzler. <laughs> or it's in between her teeth. <laughs> right. <laughs> grandma waker yeah grandma winker gains that much weight every time we go to sizzler anyone you guys ever eat at sizzler i thought it was a fake place because i've heard it on so many television shows but never seen it in the real world right <laughs> actually in oklahoma we we have a similar t- type of chain i don't remember what it is because i really didn't care for them but the the one we have well we used to have in Minnesota a uh, old country buffet but there the pandemic closed all of them there are a couple golden corrals which I love that's um, the one I'm oh. thinking of yeah mm-hmm. dude I will I will I will I will f with a uh, golden corral any days I will knock those guys and their walkers out of the way to get mm-hmm. at those uh, you know breakfast biscuits. Nothing, nothing beat. No American buffet to me ever beat, though. Ponderosa Steakhouse mm. or Bonanza. There aren't many of those left either. Um, they had the best 
I remember this from my childhood still, the best mac and cheese. It was like the shells. It was, it was like orgasmic. It was that good. I'm not even kidding. Ooh. And I had never had any mac and cheese like it until I was at uh, Hy-Vee. I was at the Hy-Vee. I don't know if you, you'd have those in your States. Um, and their deli, their mac and cheese was the same. I took one bite and like, it was like in a, like a cartoon, where like the music plays. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, like, oh man. Well, just that as like, Stephen- pocket memory. Well, as Stefan's taking bites in his memory, Kelly's taking real bites right now. Yeah. Right? I was trying to, like, lead us back in. Yeah, That's a good point. We need to go back to it. We've given this B-plot more time than it's needed. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely are. I I do agree to that. So, at that point, Peg and Marcy have their conversation. Rhines. These will put your father in a romantic mood. Ew. Come on, Kelly. Let's get out of here. I don't want you to lose your appetite. Oh. Hi, Peggy. Here are the CDs you wanted. I recommend Kenny G. It really hits the spot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, that's good, because Al never does. <laughs> So yeah, like basically Marcy comes in and uh she's loaning Peg CDs that she wanted, recommending Kenny G. It really hits the spot. I can't believe they got that away with the censors. It's awesome. <laughs> yep. Kenny G spot. <laughs> and it's great because Al never does. <laughs> Kenny G. Kenny G is Kenneth Bruce Gorlick, born June fifth. <laughs> 1956 scare mind out of the gutter tyler sorry uh one which is a uh, 31 year 41 years you know 31 years and one day before i was born better known by a stage name kenny g is an american jazz saxophonist his 1986 album duo tones brought him commercial success kenny g is one of the best-selling artists of all time with global sales totaling more than 75 million records hmm I always remember he was in that episode of, I mean, not him, but like he was portrayed in the uh, episode of South Park. Would you say, uh, Stefan and Steven, that Kenny G is responsible for more uh, children than Genghis Khan? Uh, uh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's always, it's always the, like his, his music is like, synonymous with people are getting it on right from like all of television and movie history for like 20 years of my life and that's what i was saying with kenny g it's not just about like the g-spot joke it's it's legit and real like Mm -hmm. i'm sure (laughs) yeah he's been mentioned three times and no chicken no check how bling was my kelly and live nude peg the one we're looking at now and then Al comes in. Wow, Al. Who knew you could look almost human? There's a lot of things you don't know, Marcy. Like how to satisfy a man without leaving the room. Oh, Al. I can't 
can't believe you got all dressed up. Well, sure, Peg. I'm going to be a judge at the Jiggly Room. Future Hooters of America in my hands. Well, I thought we agreed to have a romantic evening. Well, sure we did, Peg, but I don't remember the word together mentioned. <laughs> Al, I want to have sex. That's what I'm talking about, sex. But, Peg, in the state of Illinois, that's illegal. <laughs> It's not. We're married. But you still need two consenting adults. I love this conversation. <laughs> Al, I want to have sex. That's what I'm talking about, sex. But Peg, in the state of Illinois, that's illegal. No, it's not. We're married. But you need two consenting adults. I can't believe you let Al treat you this way. And where's Jefferson tonight? Well, he's judging, too. But I had him meet me in chambers first. Gosh, I just feel so lonely It's been so long since someone touched me Poor Peggy, I'm so sorry (laughs) You know, Marcy, that boyish cut really becomes you I got to talk about this one part that really just makes you, it's hilarious and cringy at the same time. And that's when, you know, Marcy's consult, consult, uh, pardon me, consoling Peggy, poor Peggy. I'm so sorry because it's been a long time since anyone touched her. And Peg says, no, you know, Marcy, that boyish cut really becomes you talking about her hair <laughs> and it's and, funny it's ironic that marcy's the one that recoils yeah oh, she peg couldn't puts, she couldn't handle peg yeah peg yeah. puts her arm around over on her shoulder and and um marcy says well peggy there must be something you could do with al oh he doesn't care about me all he cares about those stupid strippers down at the jiggly room <laughs> But it, uh, it just, like I said, it's laugh-worthy and cringe-worthy at the same time to see Marcy's reaction and Peg suddenly seeming interested. Kind of that, uh, you remember Tyler and uh, Kelly's got a habit and Ugh. she's abstaining from sex and making all those phallic symbols on the clay, looks at Bud and says, hey, you've been working out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that. that's that's way weirder than this one. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised it took 11. Well, maybe not, but that it's funny. It took 11 seasons to make a, you know, Marcy and Peg hooking up joke. Oh, Peggy, there must be something you can do with Al. <laughs> oh, he doesn't care about me. All he cares about are those stupid strippers down at the Jiggly Room. That's because they're anonymous objects. Men like mystery. They like fantasy. They like Tiny shaking hussies with more plastic in them than a Coca-Cola bottling plant. <laughs> Wives just can't compete. I know. Husbands like to see us as maids and dishwashers and what do you call those people who cook? <laughs> Cooks? Yeah, them. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of these frumpy clothes. Go down to that jiggly room and prove to Al that I am just as trampy as any of those strippers. Even trampier. <laughs> Wait, won't Al recognize you? I'll wear a veil. 
Imagine, me as a stripper. <laughs> well, I guess my guidance counselor was right after all. <laughs> and then we get to go back to the jiggly room. And they're starting their Hooter search of 1997. Gentlemen, miners, lady golfers, <laughs> welcome to Hooter Search 97. <laughs> I'm your host, Iqbal. <laughs> and now, a man whose selfless devotion to nudity is an inspiration to us all. Al Bundy! Thank you! Tonight's contestants will be judged by two categories. The left one and the right one. <laughs> and uh, in the event of a tie, the winner will be decided by peanut butter wrestling. <laughs> oh, there will be a tie. And Griff's got the gif. <laughs> The votes will be tabulated by Ike and Bob Rooney from the accounting firm Ike and Bob Rooney. Please. Iqbal, a man whose selfless devotion to nudity is an inspiration to us all. And I, I like how Al's going to be judging these girls. He looks like such a disgusting creep. He All of them do like in there. Yeah. I, he looks really creepy. He's just like rubbing his hands together mm-hmm. and like going like, tee hee, I'm going to look at Hooters. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, it, <laughs> it's just, always like that. True. Something about this episode is just like they poured a, bu- a bucket more grease on him. I'm not saying I don't like it. I love it. But he's just like, it's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like what they're doing, like the group of them. On top of that, Tyler, this goes back to, you know, first Al says that the contestants will be judged by two categories, the left one and the right one. And then Griff <laughs> says, and in the event of a tie, the winner will be, or, or no, then Al says, in the case of a tie, they will be decided by peanut butter wrestling. And then G- Griff's line, oh, there'll be a tie. And Griff's got the gif. And okay, very, very rare for a 90s sitcom uh, to use a name brand product placement like that. <laughs> How much that didn't did happen? pay for that? <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen much back then. I mean, maybe be, he kind of slightly blocked the logo, so maybe they got away with it, but it was pretty obvious. Oh, he didn't block the logo at all. Maybe like the, a quarter the, the J, of the J. The J was kind of blocked. Mm. Yeah. That was an absolute GIF logo. Well, no, it even was. If, if, even if he hadn't said it, I wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you're make, and, and this is upsetting me because GIF is off the market right now. I hope it comes back. It's my favorite peanut butter. That's right, it is. Yeah, some salmonella outbreak or something mm-hmm. like that. So, Hey, at least all the girls in the nudie room are of age so they don't have to use Peter Pan. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they're they're incredibly of age, as our first uh, dancer will show us. Mm-hmm. Well, at, and before we get to that, I do want to mention <laughs> a very sad thing on this Married with Children. Al mentions that the votes are going to be tabulated by Ike and Bob Rooney from the accounting firm Ike and Bob Rooney. This will be their last appearance on Married with Children. Man, if we could... 
if we could somehow score an interview with either one or both of those actors, if they're still alive, to like totally talk about that when they left, that would be amazing. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, just to, you know, we've had a lot of interviews. Uh, Tyler, what was your favorite? Oh, well, <laughs> it's not only because I was on it, but the Michael Moye interview. Hmm. Stefan, what was your favorite of the interviews we've done so far? Mine was probably um, probably uh, Amanda Beers. My favorite, believe it or not, was um, Harold Sylvester. I really liked listening to him. And that was the one time the entire podcast crew was together on an interview. We were all listening or a part of it. And that was amazing. I was on that, but like, I just, that was okay. So that was my favorite one. And it was definitely the highest of my recording career ever. But I feel like I learned the Michael Moyer interview connected so many dots in my head that I didn't even know needed connecting. Mm -hmm. And Harold Sylvester's just made just made everything better, you know, like, so it, it's so hard to choose. I love all of our interviews. They, oh, it mm-hmm. deepen, it's the best part of the podcast. And frankly, I, there's not one I haven't enjoyed, but that was just my favorite. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, mm. same. Yeah. But getting back to the episode here, we're having our first contestant, Chesty LaRue. <laughs> Take your hands out of your pants for <laughs> Jesty Laru. <laughs> Don't worry, man. I haven't lost a step. I'm as sexy as I was when I entertained the troops. <laughs> Union or Confederate? <laughs> oh, Lord, I think I'm blind. Well, you're one of the lucky ones. I used to do this number for FDR. He invented the lap dance, you know. <laughs> the humanity <laughs> and she entertained the troops the union of the confederate <laughs> don't know. one of the best lines what i find interesting is chester larue was actually she was played by a very prolific actress named gloria leroy or leroy she was born on november 7th 1925 and she died on may 24th 2018 so, man, she got up there. She almost reached that century mark. She was an American actress, and she had a diverse career on stage and film and TV. Her, uh, her career began on stage in vaudeville. She spent the bulk of her career in theater and live burlesque. So, yes, dancing was in her, you know, burlesque dance was in her training. And that's the, the beginning of um, erotic dancers or strippers, whatever you want to call them in that. Uh, in that age. She made her film debut in William Friedkin's The Night They Raided Minsky's. She made numerous appearances on television's Movie of the Week, was a series regular on Family Matters, Days of Our Lives, Hill Street Blues, 
and played Mildred Boom Boom Turner in the TV classic All in the Family. I forgot about that. She had she was really limber for for someone that was over seventy. That I thought she was like no older than sixty. I mm-hmm. can't get the image of Archie Bunker staring at her chest, and uh, she going, "You're not gonna find him in there, there, sweetie." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry." <laughs> like, just Al also mentions oh the humanity <laughs> mm-hmm. associated with the Hindenburg disaster, and mm. the last time uh, Tyler and I got together was for a Bundy Thanksgiving, and. We got to talk about this particular uh, episode of WKRP, Turkeys Away, when Les Nessman <laughs> is describing the, the disaster at the Findell Shopping Center of the turkeys falling. The humanity! Oh, so uh, weird. <laughs> so I so wish I could have done that episode with you. I love that episode. Yeah. I haven't, anyway. I haven't been able to eat a turkey since. <sighs> Actually, I was working on that one a little bit earlier today. <laughs> well, now, uh, there we have another stripper come on. ever thought of putting taps there <laughs> i think we have a winner chesty she doesn't i mean it's kind of like a little break and then we come back to her who's better and she has that little tapping that she does except they're on her boobs <laughs> <laughs> hey whatever you're into i guess so and then we have a late entry wonder who it is just a curry picking minute. We have a late entry. The Belle of Beirut, Jasmine. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> she is one gorgeous stripper. You're not a stripper? She's an angel who slid down from heaven on a brass pole. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. And I'm not ashamed to admit that it's my personal favorite, Jasmine! I want to show you something. And I want to see it. <laughs> but I, I need to get home to my wife. <laughs> and it's Peg. And I really liked her name. Her stripper name. Mm-hmm. Jasmine. And that I was like the name Jasmine. Yeah, I remember when that name got really popular. And it was mm-hmm. after, I'm sure everyone, well, most people know that that uh, is from Walt Disney's uh, 31st animated feature film, Aladdin, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. Same. It, the, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Aladdin was the Aladdin was the first movie I remember seeing in theaters 
when I was five years old. Got about thir- almost thirty years ago exactly. It was the fall release. Oh, nice. Yep. The th- the theater I saw it in it doesn't even standing anymore. That's sad. My, mine yeah. was Mulan. What was yours, Stephen? First movie I remember seeing in the theaters. Yeah. Boy, I would want to say maybe the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, although it was like re-released. Mm. No. Yeah. Well, no, because I think it was originally released in '59. But that's know, why I, I was laughing. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been pre-birth, you know. I guess if that's possible. <laughs> but I think that might have been the first that I saw in the theaters, or it might have been Wizard of Oz, in as a re-release. And I think I might have seen uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Damn! When I was four, that was one of the first ones I saw in the theater. So it was one of those three. I can't confirm, you know, which one I saw the first, but uh, those were the first three I vaguely remember seeing in the theaters. Dang! I would have loved to see uh, both Willy Wonka and Wizard of Oz in the theaters. That was having a good time. I got scared of both of them, (laughs) as you should. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, like Peg comes dancing out as Princess J- Jasmine. And can I just say, Katie Seagal, considering she gave birth less than a year ago, looked ama- amazing. I mean, amazing, period. Mm. When I first saw this, I was 99% sure this had to be like a stunt belly dancer but later when she pulls that veil off i'm like dang girl oh al bundy you jackass how dare you be upset about having sleep with her exactly it's like that that's you know i mean i guess i have in my notes here by the way this episode i had so little to say i was able to put all my notes onto one page without having to scroll down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's all right in front of me. Um, yeah, you know, like it's always, I mean, I know, you know, there's so much psychological reasons why, you know, people cheat even when their spouses are, you know, seemingly a 10. But um, yeah, it's like, like, like when, like I had my notes when, you know, Peg and Marcy were talking, it's like, Al, how could you not be turned on by Peg in that, in that outfit that she had? Mm. Yeah. And it's not like he's just, because, you know, we, we have other, like, sitcom dads who are married to explicitly hot women. But then they're like, the worst they do is that they look at other women. And you're just like, man, why are you looking at other women when there's a hot woman right here? But they still desire their wives. Al flat out is wants to puke at the idea at being with Peg. So right. it, even 11 years down the line... I still am abashed by by this premise. It works so well. And remember, this is right after um, Alan Pegg almost got divorced. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And I, I think it's just this ongoing joke that once you're you're married, you're not interested in sex anymore. It does happen to a lot of couples that they're just not interested in sex, and then. On top of that, a woman's strongest sexual desires usually kick in about their 30s or so. Right, and, and then it's it, like 21. Yeah, and men in their 30s are usually starting to decline. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it's even so we have like it. This episode it's so great because it brings up the multi-layered a joke that is Al Bundy. The whole dynamic between the two of them, between Al and Peg, yeah. is that like Al doesn't want to have sex with Peg, even though that everybody, men and women, all say Katie Segal is hot as hell. She is. Um, yeah, she's and still. She is still hot. And it's exactly. not that, exactly. She's one, she's one year older than one year younger than my mom. Exactly. And she is still hot. Still hot. So back then, even hotter. So and Al is not against sex. He's thinking about it all the time, yet he can only seem to get aroused by other women that are not his wife. And then when it comes to that, he doesn't want to have sex with Jasmine. Well, even when Jasmine's putting the moves on him, he's like, oh, man, I got to get home to Peg. It's I don't think I've ever seen this comedy dynamic constructed this way before or since Married with Children. It still stands out as something that only they have done. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can you guys think of another yes. example anywhere? Like Probably one-off know. episodes of shows. But not mm-hmm. but yeah, consistently. It's, it's just that dynamic that Married with Children is poking fun at. Even in the second season where Al was with his skeezy Crap, I always forget his name. What's the dude who used to work in the uh, shoe store with him? Luke. Uh, Luke. Luke. Yes. You should have known that. Was just I, know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Which, of which I was not a part of once again. <laughs> I always for, I swear. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't a part of it because I would have screwed up it. What he, <laughs> the name of his character. I forgot oh. it every time. But no, like he like sets up a almost like foursome going on here. And Al is just like, sorry, I won't. She's like, I'll do it. And he's like, nah. And on the beach, too. Like, yeah. Al constantly mm-hmm. refuses, just like, nope, I'm married. Well, and the, um, and the woman who uh, Al's like shoe groupie, the redhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was her, it was her birthday. The, it was her Jessica. birthday the other day. Yeah. And it was her birthday today, Jessica Hunt. Oh, right. Yeah. Happy birthday, happy, Jessica Hunt. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jessica. Remember, yeah, that's another get... episode. That's another one of the few episodes I remembered as a kid. Not not her, you know, in the lingerie, the you know, revealing it. But I remember, you know, Al being in the store and Kelly and Bud spying on him. And I'm like, why do they do it? You know, as a kid, I didn't understand. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? But you know, whatever. Sorry, move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and then there was one more, and that was Vicky Von Vicky, played by um, Vanna White. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this happens a lot and i just i just want to point out that because in season 11 we're still doing this audaciously and it works so well and i guess it 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 was illustrated in you know breaking up is hard to do you know that alan you know al did love peg yeah through it all he did but let's go back to this let's go back to our F plot. I'm calling it an F plot because I give it an F. <laughs> Damn. He only gained four pounds. All right. Hurry up and finish this. I'll go get the pork chops out of the fry, Daddy. Come on. I have been eating nonstop for three hours. I'm stuffed. Kelly, if you want to be an artist, you have to suffer for your craft. Which reminds me, 
It's cheese time. No, it's not cheese time. It's Bye cheese time. time. No. Okay, now that we're done with the cheese course, let's have some dessert. Mmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, mm, mm. Mm. oh, my God. This is the worst vanilla ice cream I've ever had. So it's, uh, it's not ice cream, it's Crisco. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, Kelly, don't run. You're burning calories. Oh, because Kelly... Kelly is upset that... Or, no, actually... Uh, Bud is upset. She's only gained four pounds. <laughs> and he's, he's force feeding her. I know. Like, I swear, I you know what, guys? I was shocked to find out there was actually a part. I thought Bud was just messing with Kelly for this whole time. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But she says she's been eating nonstop for three hours. Oh, I can't imagine. That's like eating two Thanksgiving dinners. I, I can't know. even do that. No. Yeah. Wow. And you guys stuck. are like, you guys are cowards. Like, <laughs> I mean, it would depend, like I could, you know, I could. I could graze potentially, but not like, I, I, I hate, I hate that. I hate that term grazing i hate that term. it's like like so i almost got um weight loss surgery years ago and they're like describe your eating habits you know do you you know eat one big meal a day you graze throughout the day i'm like what the fuck is that you know you're making us, you're, you're making us feel more self-conscious than we already are you're you're comparing us to farm animals i just pictured you sitting crying cross-legged with a paper plate and fork and eating grass like up off the ground <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, oh, thank you. oh man and here is the thing also is this is when the crisco comes up you know she's uh, it says it's awful it's forest ice cream and it's crisco the worst vanilla ice cream i ever had oh. the um cringe so much yeah. at that he shoves the spoon back into her <sighs> face after he says crisco like you would take a bite again like oh you know kelly's running away and bud says no kelly don't run you're burning calories <laughs> and then we have uh, peg rushes by hi bud bye bud and then al comes in afterwards says the same thing and i love al here no talking turned on. Need you now. <laughs> A caveman. Yeah. Oh, hi, Al. No talking turned on. Need you now. <laughs> that was the best night since ever. <laughs> There's plenty more where that came from, babe. Peg! Then we get to go the next day. And now we're in with uh, Peggy counting the money that she made the night before. Then we go to uh, Marcy and Peg again. Fortunately, this time... Peggy is not attracted to Marcy. <laughs> oh, Peggy, I am so proud of you. You should be. I raked in $240 in tips last night. <laughs> not to mention a watch. 
Someone put a watch down your G-string? That's appalling. Actually, it's a Timex. <laughs> anyway, I meant you have struck a blow for wives everywhere. Now, tell me, what did Al say when you showed him you were Jasmine? Actually, I didn't. What? Well, I was gonna, but then he just jumped on me like a human weenie tot. <laughs> it was so romantic. Peggy, now you're not any better than those cheap strippers. Well, yes, I am. I won that contest. <laughs> no, I mean you have set the women's movement back 50 years. Who cares? Last night, this woman's movement was fantastic. Peggy, last night, Al was not making love with you. In his head, he was making love with some slut. Well, that's what he always does. <laughs> but you see, this time, the slut was me. And that makes me feel very good about myself. So, now you're going to be a stripper? Actually, we call it exotic dancing. It's an art form. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go upstairs and dye my boobs for Easter. Where did you get all that money? Well, I made 200 and something dollars last night, you know, in tips. And I got a, and I got a watch in my G-string. Which is a Timex. Yeah. Timex, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking. No, it's appalling. <laughs> and my response to that is, Marcy, who are you to judge? You lost your wedding ring down Zorro's pants. You give him dollars. My wedding ring, it's gone. Peggy, I've lost my wedding ring down Zorro's pants. Yeah. That was the first episode when I introduced my friend to Married with Children when I was hooked on it, uh, you know, in like junior high. I'm like, you got it. This show's so funny. And he, I think, I, I think that episode was a little too much and I turned him off. He was kind did, of wait, he was in a really Pe Christian household at the time. So, <laughs> okay. Did Peg got the ring back, though, right? No, yeah. Marcy got Mar the ring Marcy. Back. Why am I thinking? Why is Peg involved with this? Why she, she, she took, she took, to, she took yeah. Marcy to the, the two Troys. Oh, wait a second. She is Big Red. All the strippers yeah. knew her. That's yeah. why, it, in my mind, she's replacing Marcy. Okay. Hmm. And they couldn't go backstage because of the Bundy rule. Yes. Yep. Okay. I thought there was a riot. Something like that. Okay. I, I've been knee deep in like the last three seasons of Married Children for the past like two years that I almost forgot mm -hmm. the others. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she had a Timex. That's a company that makes wristwatches. Shortly after purchasing the Waterbury Clock Company in 1941, founder Thomas Olson renamed the company Timex as a reference to time. And Kleenex, I guess. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a odd name. <laughs> I'll never think of it the same way again. <laughs> Probably, yeah, me neither. That's the amazing thing. And then Peggy gets upset um, because she um, thinks, 
Uh, well, I thought it was, she said, um, Peggy, now you're not any, or Marcy says, Peggy, now you're not any better than those cheap strippers. And Peggy says, well, yes, I am. I won that contest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you set the women's movement back 50 years. Who cares? Last night, this woman's movement, last night, this woman's movement was fantastic. And my response, what? Oh, I'm just saying my favorite line from maybe Mary with children in general is Marcy going like, Peggy, last night he wasn't making love to you. He was making love to a slut, cheap slut. That's what he always does. Except <laughs> <laughs> this time, that slut was me. And that makes me very happy with myself. <laughs> and that right there is why so many, uh, you know, wives allow their husbands to go to strip clubs because it gets them horny. Yeah, yeah they're coming back to them. Like, yeah. Eh. And then there was another little line earlier, and uh, Peggy says, well, I was going to, uh, but Peggy said, but then he just jumped at me like a human weenie tot. Seriously? (laughs) A weenie tot? I love, I have in my notes, I love how weenie tots are a constant on this show. It's, It's perfect. Yeah. Makes me hungry every time. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, we left this out. This is in an earlier segment when uh, Peggy decides to be the stripper. She mentions that her guidance counselor was right. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sad when you think about it, but oh, well. This was years ago. I think it's my first year at the current school I'm at, but I was doing this thing about um, careers. You know, what, what, what do you think of your career is? And one girl raised her hand. She says, a stripper. I want to be a stripper. I just cringed at that thing. Well, I think freshman. So 14, 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, just She just watched striptease, and now she's all, like, into it. So, Speaking of striptease, um, I'm going to kind of segue, because that um, I don't like that movie. That's boring. I love, love Showgirls, though. That is a fun movie. Damn it. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, crap. I watched Striptease and Showgirls in the same night one time, and I keep getting them confused in my head. Striptease is fucking boring. Showgirls is a riot. Showgirls, great. uh, We did a great Fighting Films episode of Recovered Showgirls. Is Showgirls the one with Kyle MacLachlan in the hot tub? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the the pool and and Jesse from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, Tyler, I, I, now let me understand this. You watch striptease and showgirls on the same night? Yep. How badly did you hurt your wrist? Uh, yeah, Sorry, I couldn't just... resist. I couldn't resist. You were doing the Monday, weren't you? Uh, before, I, before I puke. So the stripper versus exotic dancer, you know how Peg's like, I'm you know, I'm an exotic dancer and, and that gets a laugh and it just shows you how, how it ages this show. Cause this is 25 years ago. Whereas today exotic dancer is the proper term. Like you don't, you don't really call them strippers anymore. It's kind of a derogatory term. Yeah. You don't, you don't put stripper on your uh, W2 or tax form. Right. But I think of, it made me think of the line in Showgirls where um, uh, he's like, don't you get it? You're a fucking stripper. I'm a dancer. 
<laughs> oh, you tell him, girl. Oh, yeah. Man. God, I think I need to watch Showgirls again. It's been a minute. I should, I'll, I'll send it. You should look because we, we compare that with Basic Instinct because they're both Ooh. the same director and writer. Yeah, Paul Beerubin. Oh, but one, one of them won't, won't put me to sleep, and it's not Showgirls. Basic Instinct makes me sleepy. Like, there are some long, once you know it, it's, it's a hard rewatch. It gets I love like, it. Time. I love eh. it. Uh, some people do. I mean, I the the once a, once I watch a mystery and the mystery is revealed to me, rewatches are hard. Showgirls is a delight every time. Fair. Then we go to the next scene. Peg turned on again. Need you now. <laughs> come out, come out wherever you are. Daddy's home from the nudie bar. Uh, hi, Al. Peg. Where you been? Well, I, I was just over at Marcy's, uh, borrowing a, a raincoat. No talking now, Pig. Close off. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you want to brush your teeth first? Before sex? <laughs> just for me. Oh, all right, Pig. Hey, Pig! I can't find my toothbrush! Well, just gargle! All right! Blue stuff tastes awful. Honey, the red stuff is gargle. The blue stuff is tidy bowl. <laughs> oh no, my veil. Oh no, Jasmine's veil. I must have dropped out of my pocket. I better distract him. I better distract her. <laughs> I know. I'll turn, turn the lights off. Good idea. Oh, Al. Oh, Peg. Oh, Al. Oh, Jasmine. I called her Jasmine. She's going to kill me. I better do that thing she likes. He called me Jasmine. I'm gonna kill him. Oh. He's doing that thing I like. Again. Peg, turned on again. Need you now. Come. Get out. Come out wherever you are. Daddy's home from the nudie bar. So he's just watching Jasmine rushing home. She's rushing home, too. I'm kind of curious. How do they miss each other? They must take different routes to get back and forth. And yeah, good point. And Peg, how is she getting there? Well, I say he is so, like, (laughs) one-track-minded right now that he probably knocked her ass out of the way running up the steps of the house. And, and knocked her into a bush or something. Because I think she said she borrowed Marcy's raincoat. Or was that may have been a lie? I thought she maybe had like changed at Marcy's. Well, maybe she did, but I'm talking about getting there because you only have the Dodge to get back and forth. It's I mean, you can you... walk faster than the Dodge. Yeah, but <laughs> let me 
Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. For the I'm, cab, she had a lot of cash on her. But what I'm getting at is it's mentioned that Peggy does not have a car. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. mentioned maybe once or twice that she did. But, yeah, I, I like your analysis, though, that you can, Tyler, that you can easily outpace the Dodge. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, well, Al's, whole... probably, Al's probably lead footing it all the way home. This whole scene with uh, Al and Peg in the bedroom is some of the best stuff Married with Children ever has made. Anyway, Peg is uh, getting ready. She wants to get ready, and she says, uh, why don't you just you know, use, uh, brush your teeth real quick? He can't find his toothbrush. We'll just gargle. This blue stuff tastes awful. Honey, the red stuff is gargled. The blue stuff is tiny bowl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, let's get back to our episode here. Yes. yes. Uh, because this next part, to me, is one of the best best scenes. And that's when we're only hearing Alan Peg's thoughts. When he <laughs> when she Peggs thinks, oh no, my veil. And Al is thinking, oh no, Jasmine's veil. <laughs> must have dropped out of my pocket. <laughs> I better distract him. And then they both think, I know, I'll turn the lights off. And, <laughs> oh, Al, oh, Peg, oh, Al, oh, Jasmine. And then all of a sudden we go back to their thoughts again. What? Oh, God, I called her Jasmine. She's going to kill me. I better do that thing she likes. I can't believe it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't put this together, but thank you for... Yeah. Yeah. He called me Jasmine. I'm going to kill him. She's thinking this. Oh, he's doing that thing I like. And and in the notes, it implied something else. The first thing of oral sex, implied oral sex. No, I think he's rubbing her tushy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, Maybe that's what they said to the censors. Sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Because <laughs> if you look at past episodes, that's one thing she talks about a lot. I want my tushy rub. Did he rub my tushy? Okay. Tushi? I'm sure a tushy rub would be a wonderful thing to make her feel better when she's sad. But when you call out the wrong woman's name in bed, you need way more than a tushy rub, Steven. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Peg, are you really, you're really shocked by that? Yeah, good point. She admitted she knows. You know what? No, Stefan, no, no, no. You and it was kind of what she know. wanted, you know. You, yes, we all know, but you don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say it like there is some real unwritten rule having crap with monogamous relationships going on right here and yeah like she's admitting yeah of course he's having he's fantasizing about somebody else that's not me whatever but you don't say it out loud now you're not even making an attempt now it's not hot now it's just gross yeah so that's, next- that's how I look at it and then the next day, that's when uh, Peggy is discussing it with Marcy again. You mean Al actually called out Jasmine's name in bed? Can you believe it? This is really not turning out the way I'd hoped it would. Gee, who would have thought tricking your husband into falling in love with a stripper would be bad for your marriage? <laughs> you think Al's falling in love with her? Yep. Better watch out or they might run away together. <laughs> Over my dead body? Oh, my God. That bitch Jasmine is ruining my marriage. Peggy, that bitch is you. Well, I know that. I've created a monster. 
Although she does make 300 bucks a night. So are you gonna stop stripping? I can't just stop stripping. If Jasmine just disappears, Al will never get her out of his head. Now I gotta destroy the mystique of Jasmine. Plus, one more night of this, I can buy this really cute pair of boots. Now Peggy's up sick. That Miss Jasmine is ruining my marriage. <laughs> Yeah, but Marcy has to remind her, Peggy, that bitch is you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pointing uh, out how insane this whole thing is. Yes. Well, the, well, well here's another killer, is that, um, you know, Marcy says, so you're going to stop tripping? And Peggy can't, because after another night, she'll have enough money for a new pair of boots. <laughs> can, uh, can I make a uh, little... Not a tangent, a connection. Um, this this whole little line between Marcy and Peg reminded me of the episode of Futurama where Bender, the robot, is going out with a uh, a, a robot a robot gal who is the ex-wife of Flexo, a robot that looks and sounds exactly like Bender, except he's got a goatee. And oh yeah, I remember you, that. You know uh-huh. where I'm. You know where I'm going with this guy. So yeah, when when he comes up with this idea, I think she's got a thing for Flexo still, even though we're dating. So I'm gonna disguise myself as Flexo, woo her, get her to go on a date with me, and then catch her cheating on me with myself. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's kind of like almost as an insane pro. Uh, I really think like that show gives credit for being so well written. This is an incredibly funny, well written scene right here, uh twenty five years earlier. No, it would have been like it'd be like five years earlier. Because remember Futurama, yeah. Futurama was its initial run was like ninety nine to two thousand three. We still have to do at some point the um the uh episode where they they parody married with children. Oh my God, guys! I do that. I've been messaging Talking Simpsons like over and over and over and over again. I would love to get them, like, to get hopefully to get like they've mentioned us on their feed before when mm. they did that episode. I would love to see if we can get them as like guest stars because they already covered that episode from a Simps from a Futurama point of view, and they only had basic like levels of Mary with Children knowledge. And I was just like screaming, feeling like a ghost, Stefan, listening to that episode. I'm like, no, that's not the joke they're making. The joke they're <laughs> making is from season three, episode five. <laughs> like that. <laughs> so well, yeah. depends on what you're a fan of, I guess. But right. we go back to the, the greatest B plot ever. F plot. <laughs> Bud, I am going to kill you. And then I'm going to bury you alive. <laughs> Kelly, it's not my fault they fired you. I mean, how was I supposed to know you wouldn't gain weight evenly? Well, if you would have let me stand up, it wouldn't have all gone to my butt! <laughs> Your butt's not that big. It's... It is so! I went to the grocery store and I turned around and I knocked over the entire Pringles pyramid. <laughs> My career is over. 
I wish I was dead. So does that squirrel you sat on at the park. I didn't see him. You were fighting him for nuts. Well, my blood sugar was low. I almost fainted. That would have been disastrous for those toddlers who tried to hide under you for shade. They were so mean. They called me a weeble. Kelly, I hate to be critical, but maybe if you cut out the snacking, you might feel better about yourself. You are so dead! Yeah. <laughs> Come on! You can't even... <laughs> Kelly! Kelly! Look, there's someone chasing you, too. Oh, that's just your ass. Oh, cheer up, Kel. Now you people are supposed to be jolly. And Bud and Kelly come back in. Kelly is upset because she's obviously been fired. And so she is going to kill Bud and bury him alive. I think a lot of people missed that joke. Yeah, that was probably the best joke in this side plot. And all the way it has gone to her butt. And she knocked over the entire Pink Pringles pyramid at the grocery store. So. And it's funny, it's funny, you know, in the 90s, how like a big, I mean, I mean, her purse proportionately is, you know, cartoonish, but like how a big butt was considered unattractive. Oh, yeah. We now, were all about, now, we were all about flat butts back then. Right. And now women like strive for it. And thank, and thank God, I got to say, thank God, you know, curves, curves are hot. The, the, um, the other day at my mom's, like in Minnesota, you know, Lizzo is huge because she got her start here. She's very, very, you know, very well-renowned, especially here. And I was like, God, that Lizzo always, you know, does she have to be shaking her butt in that, you know, the see-through, you know, outfits? <laughs> I'm like, Mom, she's obviously wearing a thong. She's like, still. <laughs> Anyways. And the answer is yes, Mom. Yes, yeah, she, she does. does. Yes, she does. Anyway, Kelly's worried that her career is over and she wishes she was dead. Maybe maybe she could be buried alive too with Bud. <laughs> <laughs> and she she is doing, you know, she has the uh, bonbons just like mother like mother like daughter. Yes, yes, I noticed that. Yeah. That poor squirrel she sat on in the park. <laughs> well, they were fighting for nuts. <laughs> <laughs> her blood sugar was low, Steven. I think you'd be up after all that age she was doing. <laughs> yeah, Bud is so deliciously mean to her. It's yeah, and considering he was the one who forced it onto her, I know. Shoved the food down her throat, like. Mm. It's so... <laughs> and then he's just all that. Oh, that's just your ass. Cheer up, Kel. No, you people are supposed to be jolly. Ugh. But fortunately, we get past this thing. And, oh boy, we go back to the jiggling room. I think you still got the moves. (laughs) Too bad. Some of them are involuntary. (laughs) Hey, cutie. Once you go gray, you'll never stray. And we get to see Chesty LaRue again. <laughs> and 
she's flirting with Ike. That's what kills me. And Ike is liking this, you know, that this 60, 70 year old woman is hitting on him. Well, he's one of the people counting the votes, Stephen. She knows where to keep her attention. I guess so. I guess this has been a running joke that Ike likes kind of non non conventional beauty. I feel like. Yeah, you're right on that because he was the one who was ogling that uh, the one really heavy woman in the uh, when they had the when they had the aerobic studio next door, and they're all looking through the holes. <laughs> If I have seen far, it's because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. Einstein, Magellan, Heineken. (laughs) It is my goal to uplift the human spirit. Gentlemen, to your holes. Trouble can fat women be? Okay, girls, do the Dumbo drop. And then what really kills me is when uh, Al is counting all this money. How would you get all that money? From Peg's dresser. Suddenly, she's got all kinds of spare cash lying around. I think it was Jefferson who asked, or Griff asked him, where did you get all that money? Oh, from Peg's dresser. Suddenly, she has all kinds of spare cash lying around. Okay, now remember, this is the woman who doesn't like to work. This is the woman who refuses to get a job, and she finally has one, and she's making real money. Not as a Patty Bright girl. If you remember when she was Mm -hmm. selling Patty Bright. Oh, Peg, could you come here a minute, please? What is it, Al? Did I get another commission check? Did I? Did I? Huh? Huh? Yes, you did. Wee! Yes, we indeed. Peg, since you're now an entrepreneur, I thought it might be a good idea for you to learn something about business. From you? Why not? You've taken everything else from me. You see, Pookie, since you're the only one buying your cosmetics, you're not really making any money. Oh, yes, I am. They send me checks. Ah, yes, but you send them much bigger ones. And that's what we call in the world of business sending your husband rocketing to the poorhouse. Why didn't you sell any makeup, Peg? Well, like I told the girls, it's not very good. (laughs) 
Well, then why did you keep buying it? Because that's how I make my money. <laughs> how much do we owe for the cosmetics, Peg? Minus my commission? Yes. <laughs> $623. She was her own <laughs> customer. So her supplies were outpacing her commission. She wasn't working in the clock store like in season one. I think uh, probably one that was probably a good one was when she was a cartoonist doing Mr. Empty Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much money she made from that. I would have almost liked it better if Al had just been like, it's all money from Peg. I'm finally stealing some of my money back. And funny enough, he wouldn't realize how true that was. But then Jasmine comes back in and there she is, a beautiful mirage. Here she comes. Like a beautiful mirage. Uh, I bet you'd like to take a ride on her magic carpet. <laughs> I think Jasmine has a little crush on that Aladdin here. <laughs> Shut up, both of you. You're being very immature. Ooh, ooh, I think I just saw her belly button. <laughs> You two make a cute couple. <laughs> no, no, she's out of my league. And the worst part is she probably lives with some loser who doesn't appreciate her. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I had a woman like that, I would never leave home. <laughs> you know, you're much prettier than the cartoon, Jasmine. <laughs> well, don't look. You'll see it all very soon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Prettier than the cartoon, Jasmine. Oh, yeah. And, and, mm. and Al, Al, or Jefferson says, you know, Al, you two would make a cute couple. And Al has this line. I think it's one of the best lines in here. No, no, she's out of my league. The worst part is she probably lives with some loser who doesn't appreciate her. I tell you mm -hmm. about a woman like that, I would never leave home. The grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. It, it, this is just beautiful, ironic, um, ironic comedy, I guess you can call it. I don't know if there's a term for that or not, but there's ironic comedy, but there's also you're, you're correct, Stephen. That, that is the good phrase here. But there's also a lot of psych psychology going on here, like mm -hmm. just with like humans in monogamous relationships yep. committed ones uh who have no sexual outlet yes it's taken to the extreme here with al and peg as the characters but this does happen there is an element of fantasy and you're so put down like you can't admit that you want this kind of stuff and it's just it's <laughs> i don't know like there's a lot that can be said here i think a lot of married couples watching this would have related to Al and a lot of women might have related to Peg as well so yeah. 
Uh, my final note I had in here was that this episode sums up so succinctly why even men or women with, you know, seemingly some of the hottest spouses cheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get the final revelation. <laughs> Can you see it all, boys? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I don't want to tell you that I don't enjoy that a lot, but uh, I think you ought to know that I'm a married man. Well, I don't care. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jasmine, I'd like to tell you that I want you to tie up the rest of my body and all, but I really got to go see my wife now. What do you want to see me about, Al? What'd you do with Jasmine? I didn't do anything with her. You killed her, didn't you, Peg? Because you couldn't stand to see me happy. I am Jasmine, you idiot. You can't be Jasmine. Jasmine's a beautiful, alluring woman. Well, you're, a, you're just a wife. That's right, Al. And now your wife and your fantasy are one and the same. So now every time you have sex, you'll think about me. <laughs> Final revelation. They drag it out for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the no ma'am guys, they know, they see it. Oh, it's the... so great. Their expressions yeah. are just gold. Right, and Al doesn't realize it. And it, it takes him to saying, oh, I need to go home to my wife now. And, or I need to go home and see my wife. And then she springs it on him. What do you want to see me about, Al? And it's <laughs> finally revealed who she is. Like, you can hear his erection just vanish. Like, just, like, it's, it's so, the look on his face is just priceless. It has to be the uh, cover art for the entire uh, episode. But, like, I, it's beautiful. I kind of wished he would have done something similar to what, how Bud reacted when he looked at librarians with Miss Hardaway's the centerfold. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe that would have been a little bit too harsh. But yeah, just, like. With that, it's more of like, what the hell? This one is more of like, my brain has turned to liquid slime. Yeah, Bud was more like horror, whereas yeah. Al was more like shock. It, it, You know what it looks like? His face looks exactly the same as, as if a guy was watching a woman, uh, like a 17-year-old was watching a stripper, and then the stripper like revealed it was his mom. Like... That's the kind of level of horror that Al has. I'm not even making a joke here. It's like, oh my God, it's my wife. How am I ever going to live with myself? You've had experience with this? No, I'm kidding. I mean, yeah, that's why I'm not married anymore. I I couldn't, I, you know what? Couldn't get it up anymore. Bye lady. Kicked her right (laughs) to the curb. Uh, Fool me. Why don't you? Yeah. And then Al is in denial. He, you know, he's like, what'd you do with Jasmine? I didn't do anything with her. You know, you killed her, didn't you, Peg? Because you couldn't stand me to see me happy. And she has to say, I am Jasmine, you idiot. 
but you can't be Jasmine. She's beautiful, alluring woman. While you're you're just a a wife. (laughs) (laughs) And then I love when I love this line too. Peg says, "That's right, Al." And now your wife and your fantasy are one and the same. So every time you have sex, you'll think about me. Well, there is the extra scene at the end. Hey, Al, you want to fool around? Oh, all right, Peg. Could you get the veil? (laughs) Sure, honey. (laughs) And... I love it how, or I did like this one a little bit better than most of the rag sheets. She said, not only is it short, but it pertains to the plot for a change. Hey, Al, you want to fool around? Oh, all right, Peg. Al is saying, can you get the veil? And he's going to be the one wearing it. (laughs) To cover his eyes. But he puts it over his eyes, yeah. (laughs) And then our episode comes to a close. And everyone lives happily, unhappily ever after. Ooh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should, should do. Uh, should review that show. I think it's all on YouTube for now. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app, and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel. Just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Okay. Stefan, how many uh, tablespoons of Crisco oil are you going to eat on... Live nude pick. I'm going to eat uh, two and a half spoonfuls of Crisco. Uh, yeah, I, this episode really, like, as I said, I, I had much, way fewer notes than I usually have for an episode. It just didn't really, it didn't really do much for me, especially the quote unquote B plot. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it just was not, you know, it should have been more memorable than this and it just wasn't. I mean, some of the, you know, jokes did land like the, you know, the, the older exotic dancer, uh, you know, and some Alan Pegg's interactions are great, but overall it just, I don't know, just didn't, didn't quite do it for me. It wasn't, it wasn't completely terrible. I mean, it was no, no uh, enemies, obviously, but yeah, that's that's my thought. My thoughts. Tyler, how many uh, tablespoons of Crisco oil are you going to eat for this episode? Well, uh, parents, send your kids away from the uh, from the podcast recording because I'm going to eat five heaping spoonfuls of Crisco off of live nude peg. Oh yes, yes, I'm going there. Mm-hmm. And I will enjoy every second of it because even with the only thing that I disliked about this episode, and I didn't even dislike about it, the only thing I have to critique personally is the, and I will admit it, boys, very, very, very bare bones, shallow B, C, D, E, F, G, Z plot, whatever we call it. But even that, 
the fact is you can have a very weak side plot, but if the front plot, the, the A plot, is so good, and as long as the side one doesn't interfere with it, I'm not going to hold it against it. And I loved this. This show, this see, the fact is, we're since season eleven. Season one began with Alan Pegg. The dynamic between the two, the kids were just little monsters. Who gave a crap about them? And it's Alan Pegg that we're here. We're here to see married with children as add on to it. It's, we're here to see the married couple here. They're the stars. And they're bringing in an old joke, a joke that they're exploring all different levels with the idea that we brought up that Peg is this gorgeous woman. And they're going to rub our faces with it, how gorgeous she is. And again, props to Katie Sakal after having kids on the show for 11 years and just showing her body like that. She looks amazing. And that Al is, like I said, being the piggiest, grossest disgusting slob king of the slobs of this nudie room watching this but also incorporating the looney tunes aspect we're having sound effects we're having weird dancers but then when peg shows up it becomes all real and we get to see interplay not just in the nudie room uh, and we get to see interplay between them, not just in the nudie bar, but then immediately pulling an old fashioned miscommunicate misdirect kind of deal in the bedroom, uh, specifically involved with the, oh, no, my veil. Oh, no, Jasmine's veil. Like that will never cease to get a laugh from me. Uh, it has the same energy as some of the older episodes, in my opinion, and it doesn't really waste a single second yes you guys can claim that the b plot wastes seconds and i won't deny it but the seconds are few and far in between and it comes to a conclusion for the most part and we don't have to think about it ever again so yep i'm gonna sit down and continue eating my five spoonfuls of crisco for live nude peg well i am somewhere in the middle I've been vacillating between two scores, a 3.5 or a 4. And I'm going to eat, somehow eat, four tablespoons of Crisco oil. I did like this episode. I like, you know, there was kind of a message behind it about how to find mystery with your uh, wife and your lover instead of relying on, you know, strippers to get it on with your wife. And I did like that, especially following the... um, Breaking Up is Easy to Do series that uh, we just got through with. I'm glad Stefan reminded me of that. It shows that, um, you know, it just has a lot of revelation, especially in the writing. I thought the writing was done pretty well here, except for maybe the B-plot. That's the only reason I'm giving it a four, is the B-plot was really, really bad. And I don't like it when the B-plot will not connect with the... uh, main plot but i think it's all set up you know peggy's making money she's sexy she's alluring but al doesn't know it's her once he finds out that ruins everything and to me that scene when they're both thinking thinking in their own heads you know oh my god jasmine's veil oh my god my veil i thought that scene was really well written on top of that no man was in it but they weren't distracting 
you know, sometimes the plot was solely on them that Peg and Marcy are just reduced to, oh, let's watch them. Let's see, they're going to fall off the roof or they're going to do this and they're going to do that. They're just, they're, they're, not, they're not acting as agents. They're acting as an extra audience to tell the audience, oh, what's going to happen and why it's funny. This time Peg is, has a really active role. And I'm going to wrap up uh, my review also in saying that the cold opening, no, I don't like them. And the rag sheet, no, I don't like those either. They actually worked well with the plot and they were kept to a minimum. So four is my score. I think I might up mine to three. You talked me into it. <laughs> Not going any yep. high. I mean, it's, I, I want to be clear. I didn't hate this episode. It just, I mean, and, and I remember, like I said, you know, season 11 for a final season of a show, you know, I think is pretty great. Season 11 of Married with Children, I think is pretty great. And th- this one, this one just didn't quite stand out for me as much. I found season 11, the writing was better overall than season 10. Of course, I think mm-hmm. the problem was uh, Peg was and in quite a few of them. Yes. But at the same time, also, a lot of the stories were you nearly know, like were not very good in season 10 i do think it picked up though after friends after friends of course you can only go up like i said when we review bud hits the books but still you know that's just how i feel you mean you mean after enemies yeah after enemies excuse me yeah after enemies you go up in quality well you couldn't go much lower (laughs) that's true I want to throw out, though, like one of the way things that helped me come to my score and listeners will know I'm a big, big like ragger on, you know, story and everything. I don't let episodes skate by with just, you know, I liked it. So I'm going to give it five. I gave it five for a reason. I kept coming up with reasons of how this episode would have done badly. And I'm so happy they didn't go there. Like, just imagine um, Marcy showing up and ruining Peg's uh like ruse at the nudie bar uh steven you brought up the the uh, no man guys being distracting um even this bad b plot as bad as it is it never leaves the house it's stuck in this one thing and it's just like when we re- and it's literally just to bookend returning to the house to have more well-written marcy allen peg scenes so there are so many ways that i've seen them kind of ruin a good tightly written episode by having these disjointed ventures and they didn't do it here they kept it tight they kept it straight to the point our focus was on alan peg and i can imagine them going like we need more humor in this we need to more i'll quote stefan we need it to be more memorable and i can imagine why you would think that stefan i agree when you're in at this time, yeah, go a little more, go more into it. But what we have, in my opinion, is one of the best episodes I've seen in a while. In memory, uh, in connection with the spirit of the show, for instance, for the most part, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that should uh, bring this episode to a wrap. I want to remind everyone to tune in next week when Luigi and Chris and hopefully the rest of the cast drunk again will be reviewing a babe in Toyland. When Kelly becomes successful on a kid's television show, 
She becomes a total bitch and control freak. Her manager, Bud, decides Princess Kelly should be taught a lesson and she will not forget. Meanwhile, Al tries to avoid sharing a bed with Peg by sawing off half of their bed as she is tempted to have sex with him in bed. So, until then, remember... (laughs) 